Hey, I'm your host Claire and welcome to my podcast, Murder Castle. For today's murderer, I will be talking about one of the most notorious killers in all of history, H.H. Holmes, also known as Henry Howard Holmes. I want my listeners to be entertained and frightened by the gruesome story of H.H. Holmes. Holmes was an American con artist and serial killer, the subject of 50 lawsuits in Chicago alone. Until his execution in 1896, he chose a career of crime including insurance fraud, swindling, check forging, three to four bigamous illegal marriages, horse theft, and murder. Holmes was born as Herman Webster Mudgett in Gilmanton, New Hampshire on May 16, 1861. To Levi Horton Mudgett and Theodate Page Price, both of whom were descended from the first English an older brother Arthur, a younger brother Henry, and a younger sister named Mary. Holmes' father was from a farming family, and at times he worked as a farmer, trader, and house painter. His parents were devout Methodists. Later attempts to fit Holmes into the pattern seen in modern serial killers have described him torturing animals and suffering from abuse at the hands of a, val- at the hands of a violent father. But contemporary and eyewitness accounts of his childhood do not provide proof of either. One of Holmes' early victims was his mistress, Julia Smythe. She was the wife of Ned Connor, who had moved into Holmes' building and began working at his pharmacy's jewelry counter. After Connor found out about Smythe's affair with Holmes, he quit his job and moved away, leaving Smythe and her daughter Pearl behind. Smythe gained custody of Pearl and remained at the hotel continuing her relationship with Holmes. Julia and Pearl disappeared on Christmas Eve of 1891. And Holmes later later claimed she had died during an abortion. Despite his medical background, Holmes was unlikely to be experienced in carrying out abortions, and mortality from such a procedure was high at that time. Holmes claimed to have poisoned Pearl, likely to hide the circumstances of her mother's death, a partial skeleton, possibly of a child around Pearl's age, was found when excavating home cellar. Pearl's father, Ned, was a key witness at Holmes' trial in Chicago. Emmeline Sigran began working in the building in May 1892 and disappeared that December. Rumors following her disappearance claimed she had gotten pregnant by Holmes, possibly being victim a victim of another failed abortion that Holmes tried to cover up. Now, while Holmes was covering up his story, it's time for a quick sponsor. Today's sponsor is Audible. On Audible, you get tons of book selections, audiobooks, and more. Make sure to use code MURDER CASTLE on your next purchase to get a 20% discount. Now, back to the story. Another young girl who had worked for Holmes in his building named Emily Van Tassel vanished too. Although not proven, Holmes was suspected of killing six other persons who has va- who have vanished between 1891 and 1895. Dr. Rustler, who had an office in the castle, went missing in 1892. Kitty Kelly, a stenographer for Holmes, also went missing in 1892. John G. Davis of Greenville, Pennsylvania, went to visit the 1893 World's Fair and vanished. In in 1920, 
his daughter asked that he be declared legally dead. Henry Walker of Greensburg, Indiana, who went missing in November, ni- November 1893, was alleged to have insured his life to Holmes for $20,000 and wrote to his friends that he was working for Holmes in Chicago, Milford Cole of Baltimore, M- Baltimore, Maryland, was alleged to have... Wait, Milford, Milford Cole of Baltimore, Maryland, was alleged to have disappeared after receiving a telegram from Holmes to come to Chicago in July 1894. An otherwise unknown victim was Lucy Burbank. Her bank book was found in the castle in 1895. With insurance companies pressing to c- prosecute him for arson, Holmes left Chicago in July 1894. He reappeared in Fort Worth, where he had inherited property from the Williams sister at the intersection of modern-day Commerce Street at 2nd Street. Here, he once again attempted to build an incomplete structure without paying his suppliers and contractors. This building was not the site of any additional killings. In July 1894, Holmes was arrested and briefly jailed for the first time on the charge of selling mortgage goods in St. Louis, Missouri. He was promptly bailed up, but while in jail, he struck up a conversation with a convicted outlaw named Marion Hitchpeth, who was serving a 25-year sentence. Holmes had concocted a plan to swindle an insurance company out of $10,000 by taking out a policy on himself and then faking his death. Holmes' murder spree finally ended when he was arrested in Boston on November 17, 1894. After being tracked from there from Philadelphia by the After being tracked there from Philadelphia by the private Pinkerton National Detective Agency, he was held on an ex- he was held on an outstanding warrant for horse theft in Texas because the authorities had become more suspicious at this point and Holmes dis- and Holmes appeared poised to flee the country in the company of his unsuspecting third wife. In July 1895, following the discovery of Alice and Nellie's bodies, Chicago police and reporters began investigating Holmes' building in Englewood, now locally referred to as the castle. Though many sensational claims were made, No evidence was found which could have convicted Holmes in Chicago. According to Selzer, stories of torture equipment found in the building are 20th century fiction. In October 1895, Holmes was put on trial for the murder of Benjamin Pitzel and was found guilty and sentenced to death. By then, it was evident Holmes had to... It was evident Holmes had also murdered the three missing Pitzel children. Following his conviction, Holmes confessed to 27 murders in Chicago, Indianapolis, and Toronto, though some people he confessed to murdering were still alive. And six attempted murders, Holmes was paid 7500 by the Hearst newspapers in exchange for his confession, which was quickly found to be mostly nonsense. While writing his confessions in prison, Holmes mentioned 
how drastically his facial appearance had changed his imprisonment. Now, it's time for the questions. Number one, who was Holmes' first victim? Number two, how many lawsuits had been filed against him? How many murders did he confess to? Number four, how many attempted murders did he have? Call 018-455-1655 to answer and get a chance to win some cash. Now back to the story. On May 7, 1896, Holmes was hanged at Moyam Mensing Prison, also known as the Philadelphia County Prison, for the murder of Pitzel. Until the moment of his death, Holmes remained calm and amiable, showing very few signs of fear, anxiety, or depression. Despite this, he asked for his coffin to be contained in cement and buried 10 feet deep because he was concerned grave robbers would steal his body and use it for dissection. Holmes' neck did not break. He instead, he was instead, he instead strangled to death slowly, twitching for over 15 minutes before being pronounced dead 20 minutes after the trap had been sprung. Well, that's it for today's podcast. I hope you were at least a tad bit frightened by today's story. Thank you to my listeners and thank you to Audible for sponsoring this podcast and make sure to tune in next time.